What's up, y'all? It's Amadeo. In this week's episode, we discuss catching COVID, Enrique's experience on a film set, and overcoming creative blocks. Enjoy. somebody podcast be somebody billions my name is amadeo my name's enrique y'all we got it (laughs) (gasps) we got it title of the episode we got it exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point emoji going (gasps) we got what (laughs) (laughs) y'all we got the runner we got covid it got us. It finally did. Two years later. Almost two years later. I know. I thought we were going to make it two years, but we didn't. Like I was just telling you. Just two months shy. Well, I mean, like I was just telling you, it felt like as though I was, you know, it was just going to pass me. You know, I wasn't going to get touched by it. I wasn't going to get phased. It was just, I was protected. And I had my viral force field around me and there was no fucking way I was going to get sick because if there was, and I would have gotten it by now. And I was riding a pretty high high until two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about, you want to talk about what happened? Yeah. So long story short, my roommate gave me COVID. He'll, he'll deny it, but he gave me COVID Mm -hmm. hands down. (laughs) Take it. He gave all of us COVID like here in my house. So all my roommates have COVID. So yeah plus me but i mean we're we're lucky <laughs> knock on wood like i haven't had any severe symptoms though the person that gave us covid he was the one that had the worst symptoms mm-hmm. so he was like he got you, you know in the in the checks box where it says like the symptoms and then there's the all of the above that was him right there <laughs> all of the above he didn't even check them all he just clicked all of the above he's just weighed, he had all of it he's just way down um, his bed like a fucking rock just like Oh, yeah, no, it was bad for him, dude, but sucks. I, I, I only had like body aches and like sinuses on my nose, but other than that, like that's mostly it. Um, so like, I mean, thankful, you know, I'm super thankful, but honestly, it's been, it's been <laughs> not going to get canceled for this, but it's been really fun, you know, <laughs> like we're, none of us are working because of it. We're all just at home quarantining together yeah. We're watching movies, hanging out, going on walks to the park together door dashing food you know just kind of hanging out which is what we we're just talking about because like it's inter- it's interesting and it makes sense that you guys are doing this together because you all have it at the same time but yeah it's been a significant well that's a fucking understatement a significant effect on the world <laughs> on our communities and our families our friends ourselves um we do have to say though big shout out and thank you to the homie pfizer and BioNTech. <laughs> Shout out Moderna. Shout out Moderna as well. It worked. It fucking worked. Yeah. Because I feel more or less my normal self. You know, the worst of my symptoms was uh, like two weeks ago when um, like the day, not two weeks ago, a week ago, you know, a week after my initial exposure. And it was a Saturday night. My worst symptoms were a low fever and slight chills. And then I woke up on Sunday morning, 
and they were gone. So all in all, I've been, uh, it's been at the time of recording this podcast, about five days since I tested positive. And throughout those five days, I can say the vaccine fucked me up more than the virus itself. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Which is moral of the story is uh, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Don't be afraid of it. And boosted. Help yourself, help your friends, help your family before it's too late and you wish you had. So that's what happened. You know, I'm fortunate enough to feel fine. Enrique's fortunate to feel fine. Everyone else that we know, even the friend that had it worst, he bounced back within what, like 48 hours? Yeah, he's way better now. Or less, you know, as opposed to if you weren't vaccinated or if you had relied on natural immunity, it would have been a larger ordeal. So, I can't believe we got it, Get vaccinated. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Dude, just like, I thought we were going to be the chosen one. Dude, the fact that I, like, I got that email and a text message and I opened the page to see my results online and just, like, waiting for the page to load with, like, my shitty internet. And just like that moment of anticipation, like, oh, what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? And yeah. I take it positive, like it, it ran, <laughs> it ran and bold and shit, just like as big as it was like I hit the jackpot, but in the worst way possible. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. No, I feel that. I feel like for me, it was just an inedible. Like all my roommates, they tested before me, so one was positive. And then the other one was positive. And then I was waiting for my results. And I was like, you know, at this point, I have to be positive. There's no way I'm going to be negative and they're all positive. Mm-hmm. I, will s- and yeah. I will say what's interesting is that, you know, two weeks ago, once again, at the time of recording this, two weeks ago when we first got exposed, that was over a weekend. So between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for me. And I left you guys' house on Sunday. So between Monday and Wednesday, Wednesday morning was when I found out. I don't know what happened between Monday and Wednesday. You know, Eric... Uh, <laughs> like you don't remember like it was the hangover <laughs> you well, no, up and it was like Wednesday <laughs> no what I'm saying is that, <laughs> is, that, is that how COVID hit you <laughs> it just wiped my memory bro like, it wiped your memory <laughs> I passed through it no what I'm trying to say is like I don't know what happened from your guys' end between Monday and Wednesday because I didn't hear anything until Wednesday you know the roommate in question yeah he said that he started feeling a little off on Monday and then no, he started feeling off Sunday night. Sunday night, ooh, yeah. Well, I would even say Sunday midday is is when he got his first symptoms. Oh, that's right. You know, you did mention that. So it was like around Sunday, yeah, Sunday toward like the early afternoon, and then progressing Sunday night, Monday morning, feeling worse and worse. Then we had another roommate go get tested afterward. Ah, and she tested positive, and you got the you yeah. guys got the result on Wednesday morning, right? Yeah. So it's been tomorrow will be a week that that you and I got results, right? Yeah, tomorrow will be well, no, I got my results uh yeah, actually yeah, Wednesday. A week ago from tomorrow. Uh yeah. in the evening, the late evening. But the reason why mm-hmm. I bring up that day was as soon as I heard I was lucky enough to get tested twice. I took both a PCR and a rapid test. My boss was uh, very kind, and she provided me with the rapid test while I was waiting for the results from the PCR. And what was very interesting was that the rapid test tested negative. And I thought enough time had passed since the possible initial exposure that I was in the clear. 
I was like, shit, you know, fuck you guys. <laughs> Sucks to suck. I'm fucking negative. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, that was all too soon. But uh, the PCR test, you know, they, they, they left a comment. I didn't know there was like a comment section down below the results. And the lab had said that they needed to test the sample twice. Because apparently mine was so low that it was like riding the cutoff between negative and positive. So I was like in that funky little zone. I was I was too positive to be negative and I was too negative to be certain. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know, figured it out and then I eventually started feeling symptoms over the weekend, you know, a couple of days later. Um, yeah. but nothing too nothing crippling or yeah, you know, miserable. Uh, so bless, bless up for that. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Before we move on talking from COVID, I do want to mention, which really blew my mind, is uh, that roommate I'm, that we're talking about that went that had really bad symptoms. He went to uh, like an emergency like care clinic because he was feeling so bad, and it just goes to show like how prevalent and how big COVID is right now, like the resurgence with the Omicron, um, where. He basically waited about four hours uh, to to get seen, and it was like so overwhelmed the the place where like there was like fifty people. There was like fourteen beds and like fifty people waiting to get seen, mm-hmm. and he never. He, and then he left. He never even got seen because he he felt like he could take care of himself at home where he didn't have as severe symptoms as a lot of people waiting there in the waiting room. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was ta- he was saying how the nurse even came out and like gave this like ten minute speech how she was like overwhelmed and like she's never seen it this bad and she's like worked in a in the like in this in in that industry in the healthcare industry uh, for like twenty years and yeah but yeah just throwing that out there so once again that's just make sure to get vaccinated and get boosted that's fucking terrifying but, dude yeah could you imagine just seeing no, someone scary. Like, at the brink and desperate frustrated and angry and sad that they're unable to care for the people that need care yeah they wouldn't have been in this position in the first place if we had just taken care of ourselves you know yeah we count on them to take care of us but as uh as been as how it's been proven over the last two years you know that kind of goes both ways so you know when you have a hospital that's overrun then you know something happens to you if you cut off your finger if you get into a bad car accident if you like anything that happens to you if you're delivering a baby, something, you might not be able to get seen yeah. right away. And that just leads to mm-hmm. a dangerous situation or even more dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah. Off on that, you know, an update. Very interesting weekend. I didn't do shit all weekend because I, mm-hmm. I just don't like to do anything when I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but scary, scary thing. I'm just glad we got out of it more or less okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. I actually had a really good weekend. I don't know if we're trying to take the podcast there, but yeah, I'm down. I have a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, dude, do it, dude. That's what this is about. So, so this weekend was, uh, um, for those of you that don't know, uh, it was Sundance Film Festival. So Sundance is like probably, I, I mean, arguably one of the or one of the biggest film festivals here in North America, and because of COVID, it was it was online and the world, right? Um. Yeah, and the world, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was online, and 
what made it even more special this year um, for me, because as I don't know if, if there's any OG fans out there, <laughs> shout out to my mom, huh? No one person, huh? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, uh, we, we did an episode last year, two no, two ago, years ago, one, actually, yeah, when, when I went to Sundance about my experience in Sundance. Yeah, so, two years ago. you know, check that out if, um, if you, you know, we'll link it somewhere. <laughs> It'll pop up somewhere. But anyways, yeah, so it was online this year and I got passes to view and whatnot. But what made it extra special is that one of the films I worked on premiered at Sundance. Mm. And yeah, it was my first time watching it. And it was arguably probably the the best um, the best film I've worked on in my career so far. So it was like a big full circle moment, like super cool to finally see it on the big screen and seeing it like premiere in, you know, such big of a of a film festival like Sundance and and such a you know amount of respect that carries with the film if it's shown at Sundance, yeah. um, and to participate in like the live Q and A after and like be able to like you know via Zoom like watch and like listen to the you know the director and producers and and the actors and actresses that 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 were in the film and like you know i worked with them and i met them and you know we were all colleagues and it was like super became a surreal moment where um it's something i've never experienced before where i don't know it was just it was just crazy it was uh yeah it's something undescribable um yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i could keep talking about it i just don't know if we're trying to take well, it there i mean th- that's exactly what this is like you know we're trying to like refocus the podcast more on not only just being positive and how can we just like uplift ourselves and the people around us, but kind of like focus on our careers. Like, what are we doing? What are we interested in? Where are we going? Yeah. And what are we doing to get mm-hmm. there? And when that comes to us, me and you, that's design, entrepreneurship, and film. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we talked about this like a couple episodes back. Like, you were looking forward to the premiere and seeing yeah. your name in the credits. You know, just to go by yeah honestly like that that wasn't that big that wasn't that big of a of a like feeling where i was like oh that's my name or anything it was like well i could i could talk about it now since it's out and it's like but basically it's a24 film it's called when you finish saving the world it's directed by jess written and directed by jesse eisenberg Mm -hmm. and uh starring finn wolfhart uh julianne moore um aisha bowie um a ton of other people but it was produced by it's the first film in the new production company along with a24 uh it's called fruit tree and emma stone and her husband i believe his name's dave i'm gonna feel so bad because i forgot his last name um emma stone and her husband started the production company um so yeah it's just a whole tons of people and names that inspire me and get me excited and all jiggly and and like uh you know like yeah um but yeah it was uh it was it was insane um i mean first of all you know because it is it carries a weight of the name of the a24 brand um and me being like such a, a big fan of them um and on top of that you know being able to, to work under you know and with someone like jesse eisenberg and you know, working those four or five months with him and getting to know him in a personal level and talking to him and seeing what such of a genuine, nice guy he is. And, and 
Yeah, and 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 what's even? I don't even know how how much we want to go into this. Like, dude, this I don't want to like start spiraling this is into your story. it. Then go into it, dude. That's what. Okay, we're okay, to talk okay. About. But uh, I just want to shout out, which is crazy. This couch right here that you guys see in the podcast so that's right behind me for every episode that we're on and recording. This couch is from that film, from that A twenty four film. It's in the movie. When we finished shooting, yeah, it's in the movie. When we finished shooting the film, they like do this thing where they like sell a lot of props or like decorations they use for the film. And this couch was one of them. And it's just such a cool, nice couch that I was like, I, I need to take this with me. Dude, I was t- so I took this with within and I took a bunch of clothes from the film, too. I didn't take it. I obviously I was I was, you know, asked for permission. And, and I, yes, yes, yes. I took in all that. Yeah, so you, yeah, it wasn't like I'm stealing from the set yeah, or anything. Um, so anyway, but, our studio is so dope that we have authentic movie memorabilia. <laughs> in it. Yeah, this is what this is a one of a kind piece right here. One of a kind. Dude, I want to take that couch. And now it's the be somebody couch. I want to take that couch with us like wherever we end up, dude. We got to take it everywhere. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass to but, move, but worth it in the end. But but yeah, um damn, let me see. I don't know if let me think of like some like cool stories from I mean, obviously like in the, end of the day like it was still a job, so uh, I worked on it for about again like 5 months from pre-production which is you know when it's when you know jesse arrived to new mexico where we shot it and the director of photography and the producers i i started like one week after they arrived and i was there till the very end where i was helping jesse like pack up as he left to his house in i'm not gonna say where because that 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 (laughs) is uh that is confidential i'm pretty sure um but yes (laughs) everyone was behind the vision of jesse um, and everyone was giving it literally 100% of, of, you know, their talents, their capability, their attitude. And it was just so fun being there. Um, again, coming straight out of film school, it was really refreshing and, and exciting to be able to work with a team like that. Um, everyone, you could tell, is like a cinephile at heart where they love cinema and love the craft and love the story. And yeah you could tell for them it was very much you know story comes first which is a saying um in the industry where yeah like the priority is the vision and telling the story and telling um staying true to what the director wants it but yeah i don't know it's just like yeah i mean that's the kind of experience that shout out jesse eisenberg great guy so much respect for him it just sounds like the experience that's the kind of experience that's formative you know especially so early in your career like that's kind of what you know how you would want to be if you were in a position to manage your own film set or even to direct your own film. Just even something like that. Like that's, that's, I think that's such a special thing to have mm-hmm. under your belt for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, anyone that like, I don't know if anyone's going to stumble on this uh, podcast after the film comes out, like theatrically and they're going to have any questions for the film. So I'm trying to think of like, what would I want to ask someone that worked on it? You know, but I'm trying to think. I don't know. I feel like I kind of spilled everything that <laughs> I could say about the film. What, what do you think are like fun questions that you would want to know as a viewer if you were a fan of the, of of the film once it comes out? I know people will be fans of it because I watched it. And it's a great film. Fans of the film, I feel like I would have to see it myself just, just to know like the juicy questions because <laughs> like, I haven't seen it yet. Like I missed the Sundance. We were all gonna watch it, yeah, but then everybody tested yeah. positive, so it wasn't gonna yeah. be some kind of COVID party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I you know I would have asked you know the most basic you know what was it like to work with Jesse, 
What's Jesse like? What's Finn like? Mm-hmm. What's Julianne Moore like? <laughs> oh, Julianne Moore is so nice. Dude. And that's just like such legendary names and mm-hmm. up and coming names, you know, Finn Wolfhard specifically. That's something like I've uh, been excited to see um, come up as an actor, you know, since I first saw him in yeah. Stranger Things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of yeah. general. Uh, how would you fit Finn? You know, if you, no, had, go ahead. if you had to start all over again, like how would you be a part of? I said like that, you know, should you be when you're first starting out yeah. like as a PA or yeah, cause that's where everybody has to start out. Should you be, se- yeah. should you be selective or should you accept whatever work you can get? I don't know. You know, I think I'm, I personally have the kind of mentality of if you want to break into any industry, you know, really, really film or anything, you know, you shouldn't, you should be able to be okay with, you know, working your way up you know mm-hmm. um whether that's taking you know a job as you know an assistant or a job as you know in a mail room of some firm that you want to work and kind of make your way up yeah um i think not to quote uh hamilton but you know mm-hmm. what hamilton sings uh just being in the room um i think that's very much a strong message where being in that same room leads to opportunity and leads to experience or even be able to like sit in during meetings and listen to how people talk professionals in the street talk and pick up how they approach situations and problem solve things you know to me like taught me a lot more than you know being very selective and you know i'm only going to take this job if it's this position or if i'm getting you know this amount of pay which you know again obviously if you and that day, if we need money, you know, <laughs> take take whatever job, you know, gives you that to stay financially secure and financially, you know, stable. But yeah, I mean, I, like I mentioned, I, yeah, I, I, I was interested in being out when I took the job, I didn't even know what film it was for. It was just, um, a producer I worked with gave me the chance to work with him again. And he asked me where I wanted to work and get experience. And I told him the production office, cause I wanted to learn the, the production side of it. And so, yeah, I came into the film not even knowing what it was about or who was in it or what. It was just because it was an opportunity for me to get experience. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, again, full circle moment to now finally be able to watch the film and seeing it in the final form and seeing on top of that, like seeing it. I didn't even know um, one of my favorite composers. I'm totally going to mispronounce his name. Uh, his name's Emil like Mosseri, I believe. He did the soundtrack for Minari and, and a few other A24 projects super talented and and um composer i really like you know he did the score on this so it just kept being like layers on layers on layers of why i like this film even more mm-hmm. um but yeah i don't know it, it's I, I was telling my roommates because we all watched it together because we all watched sundance together how it was a very unique unique experience i've never experienced before um just because at this point i've i've watched so many films just because, you know, I try to watch as many films as I can because, you know, that's the industry I'm trying to pursue. And again, I'm trying to write and direct and whatnot. So the, watching that film gave me experience I've never gone on a film, you know, to this point, which was just, it's just something I can describe where, like, having worked on it, like, I know every single scene that was popping up, like, I remember being in those locations and being you know, seeing where the camera was set up and where they were pointing and shooting and seeing, you know, behind the scenes. And it just like, it was just something that I never experienced before. And I think I have to rewatch the film to 
really now watch it like as a viewer opposed to someone that worked on it yeah i don't know it's just yeah super exciting super cool i really <laughs> hope I, I don't i mean it's it's out it came out it premiered at sundance um i'm not too sure if it's gonna get a theatrical release or if it's gonna go straight to like a streaming platform or whatnot but i really do hope it gets a it gets a um theatrical release because um beautifully shot in in um i think it was 60 millimeter film um looks gorgeous so yeah. i really hope i get to rewatch on the big screen and <laughs> and yeah dude that's that's absolutely amazing that's so fucking cool especially just to hear like the way that you talk about it you get all like hyped up like yes <laughs> you know that's like the essence of what this is and just like to hear you say that this just pumps me up and i think it's just a beautiful thing you know uh <laughs> i wanted to say earlier like you know that mentality that you got of you know you show up you work up you got no problem with working your way up you make impressions you meet people you network you listen in you focus and you care above all that attitude has kind of paid you in dividends and you've been able to work that way up at a remarkable pace you know, like I think about it, I think about your rise. It's just like, holy, like this, <laughs> that's amazing. Just like, to think back on like all this growth, you know, seeing that the first movie that you made in, in high school when you were just interested, you know, not even invested, you were just <laughs> interested in film and you shot like yeah. a 30 second horror clip in the hallway. And then two years ago, watching the Sundance Film Festival to two years forward, watching a film that you worked on at the Sundance Film Festival. And then, you know, two years from now, watching a film that you made on the, <laughs> the Sundance Film Festival. And, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, knock on wood, in a good way. Hopefully, yeah, you know, we're, we're working on something. I'm writing something right now. It's just now. the inevitable sequence of events, you know. And then, of course, <laughs> me starring in it as the lead actor. Mm, yeah, of course, of course. You know, of course the only course. actor, too. It's just going to be me. That's all. <laughs> so, ah, uh, be somebody. <laughs> be somebody <laughs> oh damn but and then last thing just to wrap up the whole film thing i do want to say um just like how i talked about all you know all the above the line all like the major kind of heads of the film you know just just how amazing they were you know there's a whole other team of 50 200 people on any film set that make the film possible whether it's the other pas yep. you know the my bosses the you know, the people, transportation, the people working, catering, you know, locations, all of that. You know, everyone contributes. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight them and acknowledge that it takes a whole army, a whole team to really make a film. And just like how Jesse and Julianne and Finn are all just as important to it, you know, same to say everyone else that worked on it was just as important and crucial to my experience on the film set. Yeah. And growing as an artist and as a professional so yeah i just want to shout out everyone that worked on it <laughs> oh we got to send this t to everyone that worked on it <laughs> <laughs> dude that's so dope i can't wait to to work with you again no i'm excited but but yeah that totally took a a, a whole spin <laughs> we were just talking about the weekend but yeah man how how are you doing man let's let's talk about you know, how are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> kind of just like doing things a day at a time. And 
if we want to get a little more intimate with it, it's just like, I'm feeling a little bit of a hard time getting motivated and yeah. remembering why I started doing the things that I love to do today or even the things that right. I used to do every single day that I've kind of g- probably given up on. I was about to say give it up. I kind of wanted to stop myself, but that's the truth. And yeah. that specifically relates to writing. You know, writing used to be such an important part of my life. In fact, I dedicated about like the latter half of my high school career to making sure that the novel that I had started in high school would be done. And so that was like making sacrifices and staying inside and choosing to work on that, sometimes instead of my own homework. (laughs) Of course, you know, it's just a series of personal decisions, but writing for some reason became harder and harder. And my perfectionism was more bothersome and felt like it was affecting me to this like unprecedented level like degree of severity like i couldn't do anything i felt paralyzed you know we would call that writer's block (laughs) but it it just felt like this was something that doesn't writer's block almost seemed to kind of undermine the feeling that i was having and it was that i can't do this anymore i can't write anymore i don't know why i try and i've i think like trying to publish that novel when it was finally done and having it not work out. To be honest, that broke me. And I I still think about like why, you know, why did it have to be as big of a deal as it was that I was told no. You know, so many people were told no. Everybody's told no. And those that are told yes, They've got a whole string of no's before that. <laughs> and it's only like the most well-connected, the luckiest of people that they are able to kind of just like jump in right off the bat. But I guess when you build up these extreme expectations for anything that you're doing and the reality inevitably does not meet those expectations in one way or another, that's just like an extra blow that kind of caves your chest in and it's fatal at least it felt fatal and i've tried to go i've tried to go back more than a handful of times to like revise the whole thing start from scratch or piece things around differently and do it differently and i haven't been able to i feel like it's a lost cause and then i think about wanting to start over again but then at the same time i'm like i don't want to have that go to waste and then I started thinking of it as a waste when it was never a waste no matter what happened because I became a better writer because of it even though I'm having a hard time now I still did and two I did it (laughs) I did it you know no one can take the very fact away from me that I did it published or not I still wrote it yeah I I think um ah, there's like a saying to it I think um, there's like, you know, I I think I think we get used to this idea of of hearing the same the same. It's not like a same old story, but you know, this idea of you know, when you fall down, get back up. You know, when you know you got to get that no to get the yes. Yeah. And you know, this mentality that 
everyone says, which is again true. Don't get me wrong, it's true, but it, it's also, it's also. I I don't think it's stressed enough that it's okay to, you know, sit with that. You know, it, it doesn't make it feel any better when you do get the no, knowing you know, telling yourself this kind of uh, fake positivity of, oh, it's okay. I'm yeah. I'm getting this no so I get the yes. I I think it's it's gone it's became normalized to not fully like you know it's okay to mourn I don't want to say the word mourn you know what I mean yeah take in take in the 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 no and and take in the the wow I I put in all this work and it didn't it didn't turn out how I wanted it to be you know mm-hmm. and you know sitting with that and and realizing that yeah that that's that I got the no. <laughs> that this didn't turn out how good i wanted it to be and and i know it's part of the process but i it's there's still a part of me that's kind of you know hurt from all the work i put into it yeah you know and i I don't think a lot of people stress enough that it's okay to feel hurt and discouraged and and saddened for for the no or or the failure or or whatnot um but I think you have to process that and be okay with that mm-hmm. to then get to the point where people say, okay, now get back up. And you know, yeah, yeah that was a well, no, no to get the yes. Well, yeah, definitely. Know? Like if you, if you stress so hard about like recovery, you're never going to recover to begin with. And yeah. it's gotta be like you just said, accepting the fact that this happened, taking the time to take care of yourself and to process these facts. And then finally asking yourself, now what do I do about it? What are we going to do? Yeah. Am I going to go back, start from scratch if I have to? Okay. What is my motivator here? What is the reason? Why am I doing this? And it feels like I think the main theme, the main theme that (laughs) sounds all weird. (laughs) I think the number one reason why I've been kind of in this loop over the last several years of my life, I kind of lost the reason. I don't have a big idea of a reason anymore. The reason I started in the first place was because that was like the first ever project that I did, at least like the first page of it. It was for a class, like the writing club. And I think the writing club is something that we mentioned way a long time ago, in like the first episodes of this podcast. And I got instant feedback from the other members of the club. And that was the first time that I'd received anything like that, any kind of praise, any kind of like acceptance or wonder or awe or like, you know, interest out of something that I made. And the source of that interest didn't come from my close friends and it didn't come from my family. It came from people I hardly knew at all. And on one hand, maybe that's kind of like the wrong, the wrong reason. You know, it feels like, oh, because you got validated. Oh, because you got like, you know, you were the big man for 15 minutes. That That's why you did all this. And then now that the response is not there, you feel like you have nothing. So it's definitely, you know, if I want to get serious about that, which maybe I do, maybe I don't. But definitely moving forward in my life and trying to be creative in other ways not having that response, but having that internal sense of self-motivation um, and rolling with that and doing it for your own reasons because you want to, because you believe in it, because you think 
it matters. That's the way. You know. Because while I love yeah. while I love the people around me, I can't depend on the people around me. Yeah. I I think um I think I think it kinda like comes down to like re channeling and finding like a new source for that fire within you mm-hmm. opposed to like before you know this idea of like getting validation and and you know respect of, of fellow peers within the craft you know rechanneling that that fuel coming from your own inner self of wanting to become a better artist or wanting to tell a story that you feel needs to be told and and using that as you know the wood that burns your fire yeah. because that will never end you know opposed to you know something else that might or might change yeah and and yeah i mean it's it's hard i I think (laughs) i think i'm in this i'm in a similar boat where where i think it's hard being an artist and you know working on your craft and you know no one's gonna tell you all right now's your time to write you know now's your time to close this you know exit out the netflix close your computer and you know go write for an hour yeah. on that story that that you're doing you know no one's gonna tell you that it comes down to you know yourself mm-hmm. and i don't want to make it sound like some like the rock motivation speech right now which <laughs> where it's like oh you have to put in hours to, to get power. get the word <laughs> put in the, point, put in the hours. i like while it's right you know he's right. He's got a he's got a point. It's just yeah. We don't have to say it like that, and that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah, like, yeah. The reason, but, but you know, positivity mm-hmm. is effective when it is genuine, and when it is conscious, conscious positivity, not mm-hmm. false positivity, not shallow, not like dismissive, of yeah, experience. Yeah, I I think it's like a weird. I mean, go, going back to what I was saying, yeah. I I don't want it to sound like a deep motivational speech we're trying to give where you know because I, I think the reality of situations that we both struggle with that where we're not always like the rock johnson putting in the work putting in the hours <laughs> the, you rock, know? the rock johnson <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay it's but it's also okay to not be putting in the work and not be putting in the hours sometimes yeah because yeah. i think i'm i'm in like a weird funk right now and this past month month and a half where you know, I finished up a film in in December and and for whatever reason, like whether it's like internally or, or just being tired of working so much this year, like I kind of came to like a weird hole and a weird funk where even this whole month I've kind of been struggling to like get back. I, I, I not even get back on the, on the horse or the saddle, but in theory, you know, find what I just referred to, find that new source of fuel to, you know, keep that fire burning inside. Yeah where yeah where yeah i don't know i i just i've just been having struggle just been struggling with that where i just can't seem to get back to my usual you know grind <laughs> putting in the work and putting in <laughs> putting in the hours can't get back to usual hours <laughs> and and i i don't think i don't think any amount of motivational, you know, Googling YouTube motivational speeches by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I don't think any of that, or anybody any, for the you know, even us. Yeah, I don't think anyone or anything <laughs> will, will give me that that kind of like fuel back or get me, you know, back to writing. But it's a matter of just kind of being OK and 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 being OK with the idea that, OK, right now I'm kind of taking some time off, you know, whether it's I'm finding 
you know, waiting for something or just needing to recover, whether you don't know it physically or mentally, yeah. being exhausted. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I will say after this weekend, I I did kind of get an, a bit of that, you know, fuel back after yeah, yeah. watching, talking about what I just experienced this weekend and watching Sundance and all these like, you know, what it represents, all these artists, you know, working on projects and finally releasing them and just seeing how talented so many people are out there and just getting inspired by other other people's work to want to tell my own story and tell it my way and not be afraid to you know follow my voice and and yeah yeah but i think it definitely goes to show that discipline is the seasoning that gives motivation its flavor <laughs> you know <laughs> the popcorn analogy adding a seasoning analogy now well there's the popcorn analogy but there's also like the seasoning it's like the seasoning to you know the bare whatever that is motivation because yeah. like you can be motivated but it has to be sustained yeah. and sometimes even when you don't want to do it when you don't want to do it that grit and the resilience and just like you know puffing your chest out and doing it that's discipline. Yeah. And the more that that occurs, the more it becomes a habit that you, that takes less effort. And it's like that curve, the initial curve. It's not even a curve. It's a fucking wall. And you got to scale the wall initially. And then, you know, beyond the wall, there's like obstacles and shit, but it just becomes a little bit easier, but it can never get easier if you don't initially struggle. So, 100%. Trying to implement that, you know, and learn how to take criticism and get the damn thing done because it's worth it. You know, this is worth it. I I think, like, something else to know is just, like, doing, trying to, like, change up your routine or, like, change up your picking up new habits and and whatnot. You know, with my roommate, he's really into, like, journaling and, like, journaling his, uh, he's pursuing to be an actor and every time after an audition, he, like, writes his thoughts and whatnot. Just the idea of, of, you know, trying stuff like that to kind of, whether it's remove this, like, roadblock in your head or, you know, touch another part of your brain that you haven't used in a while, you know, and just trying to do different things to get out of, like, this funk. Totally. Hmm. And I think most importantly, honestly, we're talking about all these things, but I think the biggest thing that's always helped me is like the people I surround myself with, you know, whether it's whenever, you know, Amadeo and I get together to like work on something or talk about goals and like what we have in our lives, you know, even though I have no desire or not even desire, no, (laughs) no talent or, or whatnot to pursue what Amadeo is. I have no desire to want to do fashion or like design or, you know, this cultivated sense of, design and and innovation through what Amadeo does you know just listening listening to him and hear him hearing him talk about what he's doing you know different projects and just about his life like gets me excited to want to you know do what I'm doing same goes to like all the people that I I have around my circle whether it's people pursuing to be an actor or filmmakers or producers um I think very much the idea of you know surrounding yourself with those uh that are like-minded shape you know your environment and your five closest people make up who you are. I a hundred percent agree with that so much because 
you know, a lot of times I wake up feeling just like, oh, like I'm tired, this or that. Or, or it's like last night it was like 11 p.m. And I was thinking about, you know, all right, I'm going to go to sleep now. And my roommate came out and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grind right now for like a few hours. I have some photos to edit, this and that. It's like, you want to stay up and work together? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I stayed up for like another two hours just working on my own stuff, my own projects. Yeah. Just because, you know, he's there and, he, you know, we push each other and mm-hmm. whatnot. So definitely finding whether it's mentors or just a community of artists or – and this this goes to show to like other subjects, not necessarily what – I know we very much talk about the creative realm and like entertainment because that's what we're doing. But whether it's, you know – you're studying you're studying for med school you're studying for law school or anything you know surround yourself with those people that want to do those things whether it's yeah social work or anything anything it literally could be anything like there's no the most noble of experiences is your own you know right i think uh you know j cole said it best you know there (laughs) was a saying it's life that's better than yours you know (laughs) 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 <laughs> but you have to make it that way and you have that power yeah. you were born with that power it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like remembering that you have that and running with it yeah so definitely likewise you know i get that i get that from you all the time and it's yeah it's worth it everything yeah every step all right i think that's a it's a good uh, kind of way to end the episode. Yeah. All right, y'all. This was the Be Somebody podcast. Thank you so much for taking time. Yeah, out thank of your you all for listening. Tune in to us. You know me. My name is Amadeo. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Enrique. And we'll catch you next time. Peace.